0: Hey, welcome back to the Addicted to Healthy podcast, your one-stop destination for all things health and a kick-ass life. I'm Laurence, certified nutritional practitioner and health coach, and the host of the Addicted to Healthy podcast. So today I'm doing things a little bit differently. I'm doing a solo episode all about PCOS, so specifically the origins of PCOS. So what could be some causes? And I first want to start out by defining PCOS because not everybody knows what it is and I want to make sure we're all on the same page. So PCOS, also known as polycystic ovarian syndrome, is the most common cause of infertility and the most common hormonal disorder in women of reproductive age. Said to affect up to 20% of women of childbearing age, and about five to six million women in the US. And it's basically involving high androgenism, high androgens, and these are basically male sex hormones, so high male sex hormones, and chronic inovulation, so meaning we are not ovulating every month, and a lot of women don't get their period every month. So there's a lot of debate on what causes PCOS. But genetics and environmental factors seem to be the two biggest factors when it comes to the etiology of this condition. So genetics do play a major role, and majority of PCOS cases are linked to genetics, but there is also an epigenetic component that is very important to note, and that basically means that we are switching on or off the gene, and so it's going to be very Uh, sensitive to different environmental factors. So there is also increasing evidence that women with PCOS who um, expose their fetuses to high androgens um, in utero can be linked to a higher prevalence of PCOS being developed in the unborn, unborn child. So this is going to be something that can be affected by different things specifically in the environment. So if the mother is producing too high androgens from the ovaries or the adrenals, this can definitely pre-expose their fetuses to PCOS. There are also certain genes that are involved in the etiology of PCOS. So um, certain pathways and different conversions that may not be happening. So, for instance, enzymes like aromatase uh, that belong to the 450 family, plays a vital role in steroid conversion. So basically it, it helps with the conversion of androgens into estrogens. But if you're deficient in this enzyme, then that can lead to a defect in the pathway and that can lead to higher androgen levels. So that's something um, that might be a factor as well. So the aromatose, aromatose, aromatase gene, I will get there eventually, um, that is just not working properly. And another thing that's very, very important to realize when we're talking about is environmental toxins. So there is growing evidence that um, exposure to environmental toxins of chemicals are linked to PCOS, so increasing the risk of developing PCOS. So studies also show that exposure to a number of environmental toxicants can promote inheritance of ovarian disease and PCOS and there is a major role that happens with the environmental exposure in utero, and that can really significantly increase the risk of, again, the fetus developing PCOS later on. And so these different chemicals, things like PCBs, BPA, uh, pesticides, synthetic compounds, um, they have been shown to be higher in women with PCOS compared to controls, Um, so higher serum levels in the blood. And these higher levels of chemicals can lead to higher androgen levels as well as insulin resistance. So of course, these are two foundational factors in PCOS and that can drive PCOS as well. So metabolic factors, um, specifically when it comes to insulin resistance, we know that insulin resistance is a major factor when it comes to PCOS. um, And it has been shown to play some role in the pathogenesis of PCOS. So, studies show that fetuses of diabetic mothers using insulin have higher levels of hirsutism, cysts, and high testosterone, Uh, but it doesn't seem like um, high insulin is the main factor for the syndrome. It can have a synergistic role, but it doesn't seem to be um, the main factor for the pathogenesis of the syndrome. But it's something to take into account, it can definitely play into it. It can definitely obviously worsen things and phenotypes. Uh, But when it comes to being a causative factor, it doesn't seem to be a main one. Exposure to androgens in utero. So we're talking about exposure to toxins in utero. But also when it comes to androgens being exposed in the uterus, Um, this is something that can also... Um, be a causative factor in the pathogenesis of PCOS. So this hyperandrogenism can be caused by um, a dysfunctional placenta or um, androgens coming from the adrenals or ovaries. And usually we see these maternal androgens being converted to estrogens, again, as as I was talking about with that enzyme aromatase. Uh, But if we do have enzyme deficiencies and altered conversions, which is seems to be the case in a lot of women with PCOS, Um, this can increase androgen production during pregnancy. So again, we're seeing um, different environmental factors and influences in utero that can influence the pathogenesis of PCOS, and one of those are high androgens from the mother, and this can also be due to the enzyme deficiency. And then AMH, so anti-mullerian hormone, this has been talked quite a lot about in the media since a few months, Um, but it basically is an important regulator of follicle development in the ovaries. And serum AMH concentrations have been shown to be elevated in PCOS women compared to to non-PCOS women with normal ovaries. And so... It is likely that elevated AMH can contribute to the pathogenesis of anovulation in PCOS, um, but the cause of its increased production remains unknown right now. One of the things that can contribute to elevated AMH in PCOS has been shown to be insulin, um, as well as weight reduction PCOS seems to help reduce these AMH levels. So there could be um, increased androgen productions from high insulin, which then increases AMH production. So AMH is not really a biomarker of the syndrome, but it can contribute to the pathogenesis of PCOS. That's what the research is kind of saying, what the notion is. That's why a lot of people do test for AMH um, to see if it is high or not. So these are some of the um, researched kind of causative factors to PCOS that I found through my research. So when it comes to genetics, um, that's kind of the majority of people, but not everyone. And then environmental factors are very, very important. So even if you don't have PCOS in the family, um, there could be other factors that play into development of PCOS. To my knowledge, I don't have any family members with PCOS, but there are other conditions. Um, like autoimmune Hashimoto's and things like that, um, that are in the family. Um, and then there definitely could have been things like hyandroid and uro or environmental toxin exposure, most likely. Um, when we are looking at the average birth nowadays, it's something like in the hundreds of chemicals that we see in the umbilical cord. So this is something that is definitely an issue, and not just for PCOS, but for... Every human in general, so toxins we definitely can't escape of them, but we can do a lot. Um, and I will definitely be talking about that in future episodes. But genetics does play a role. Environmental toxins, um, metabolic, so insulin resistance, uh, diabetes, um, androgen exposure in utero, utero, and then AMH have all been shown to be different factors in the pathogenesis of PCOS. Something to look into when it does come to PCOS. I mean, even if you do have the genetics, there's not much you can do about that. It's about looking at the epigenetics and what we can do to turn on or off the genes and make the phenotypes be less severe. So that's when we want to look at the underlying factors. So are you dealing with insulin resistance? Are you dealing with adrenal stress? Are you dealing with inflammation, et cetera? So these are going to be the foundations that we need to address in order to you know, improve the phenotypes reverse symptoms, and just improve quality of life, because there are also a lot of long-term risks that come with PCOS, and we definitely want to avoid those at all costs, things like diabetes, cardiovascular disease, ovarian cancer. So it's not to scare you, but it's just something that we need to pay attention to, because we proactive in our health, and not just we it no So I will be talking more about this kind of stuff um in the upcoming episodes i will maybe be doing some more solo episodes see how i feel but i definitely want to do a solo episode because it's been a very long time i will have some cool guests coming on soon but if you guys have any questions at all i'll put my email where you can contact me in the show notes you can send your questions and anything that you want to hear from me or any guests because i'm always looking topics to address, people interview, and I have a really cool announcement. I will be going live with my free training on the 5th of September, so Thursday at 11 a.m. PST, and I'll be talking all about PCOS myths and kind of what it is, what to be aware of, diagnosis, kind of like ballistic treatments, conventional treatments, all of those things. I'll be answering all of your questions for people who come on live. So if you can't come on live, definitely do it, bring your questions, and then I will also be um, sharing an awesome promotion with anybody who comes on live as well. Um, which will be happening on Thursday. so stay tuned for that. if you would like to join the webinar, please do so the link will be in the show notes and if you do miss it uh, but for any reason you can definitely hop on the replay. I don't want to I don't want you guys to miss out. Um, you just won't be there to ask like live questions but uh, I will definitely be super resourceful and you will still get access to the promotion that I will be talking all about. All about. So, thank you for tuning in today. Can't wait to hear from you guys and can't wait to see you on my live webinar.